This is The Guardian. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Looking for your next great podcast? We live in unprecedented times. To make sense of it, what if you could learn from some of the most influential people on the planet? The podcast Tools and Weapons is hosted by Microsoft's Vice Chair and President Brad Smith. Every week he has a candid conversation with guests, including Prime Ministers and Pulitzer Prize-winning journalists. The latest episode features Bayer CEO Bill Anderson. Though most of us know Bayer for pharmaceuticals, they're also focused on crop science. They're putting digital tools in the hands of farmers to get the most out of every acre. Listen to Tools and Weapons with Brad Smith wherever you get your podcasts. The list of countries reporting their first cases of Omicron is growing by the day. Good morning. I'm Dr Kerry Chan from New South Wales Health with the COVID-19 update. There is a total of 25 cases of COVID-19 with the Omicron variant in New South Wales. Yesterday, Croatia, Nepal, Russia and Argentina all joined more than 40 other countries who have now confirmed the new variant within their borders. All international travellers are now required to take a COVID-19 test within one day of leaving for the U.S. Omicron cases have been confirmed in at least 17 states. All of them are mild as far as we know. And here in the U.K., scientists have been increasingly expressing their concern. Some have suggested that there could already be more than a thousand cases here. We've probably already got more than a thousand cases in the U.K. at the moment. Uh, and uh, and it is increasing. Others have been pointing to signs that it could be spreading faster than our current dominant strain, Delta, and could outcompete it within weeks. Scientists in South Africa say the new Omicron variant of the coronavirus appears to spread more than twice as quickly as Delta, which has so far been the most contagious. There's a lot of speculation. So today, we're bringing you an update on what we do know about Omicron and how quickly it's spreading. From The Guardian, I'm Madeleine Finlay, and this is Science Weekly. One of the questions scientists are looking to answer is when Omicron first arrived in the UK. Now, this might not seem that important, but if Omicron has been here for months and is only just being picked up now, that might suggest it's unlikely to outcompete Delta. If it arrived more recently, it'll take longer to get a clear picture on transmission. 
It's something science correspondent Nicola Davis has been reporting on. There's sort of been slightly different opinions, but my colleagues and I have been talking to experts. And um, Dr. Jeffrey Barrett, who's leading the COVID-19 Genomics Initiative at the Wellcome Institute, he says that, you know, it's unlikely the variant's been in the UK for long. You know, he says the surveillance in the UK is very good and there's basically no chance that the variant was here in September, October. So it's, it's most likely that it really turned up in November. There are, there are sort of uh, efforts underway to try to pin this down. So there have been these loop back exercises. So basically this is where scientists have been analysing positive PCR COVID samples. And so far it's looking like it is quite a recent arrival. On the topic of surveillance, as of Sunday, we learnt that there were 246 confirmed Omicron cases in the UK now, which does seem low compared to the surge that we saw in South Africa, but is potentially growing fast. Nicola, what can these numbers tell us about transmissibility? So in terms of what it tells us, well, as you said, in South Africa, you know, there's really a sharp rise in cases. So that is obviously quite a worrying sign in terms of transmissibility. It suggests that this really is spreading quite quickly. Now, in the UK, we're seeing sort of 45,000, 50,000 new cases a day uh, of COVID, and the vast majority of those are still Delta. But if you've got very, very high numbers of, of cases and those are fluctuating by you know, several thousand a day, it means just looking at case numbers, you, you're not going to sort of see initially when a new variant takes off necessarily. So it's quite hard to sort of see from that what's happening with Omicron. OK, so if we can't necessarily see how Omicron is spreading through case numbers alone, what else can we do to try and measure this? Another way to look at Omicron is that it turns up negative on tests for the coronavirus S gene. Now, that's interesting because the Delta variant comes up positive on that test. So what it means is that you can look at the proportion of uh, cases that are coming up negative, and that gives you a way a sort of proxy for looking at the rise of Omicron. Now, it's not conclusive if you've got a negative result on that test that you've got Omicron, but it's quite a good indication if you are seeing a rapid rise that that's down to a new variant. And if we look at results for this so-called S-gene dropout, it does suggest that there is a sort of rapid uptick occurring. Now, actual numbers remain low, but in the five days of the 28th of November, the S-gene target failure in community testing data in England rose from about 0.1% to 0.3%. And, you know, numbers will probably continue to climb. This increase in the case numbers, how much of it could be down to better detection of the Omicron variant generally, now that we know what we're looking for? Well, it's always important to be aware of potential biases. So, for example, there have been some suggestions, you know, with the S-gene dropout work, that there might have been some prioritisation of cases uh, in areas where Omicron has already been found. So, obviously, if you know that you've got several cases in one area, you might want to sort of focus your testing in that area to really see, OK, how far has this variant spread? So you do have to be aware of that bias. But nonetheless, I mean, I think that the rise that we're seeing is a real rise. We've been talking about transmissibility. There are two other big questions, disease severity and immunity, which you've also been looking at. Let's start with disease severity. What do we know about this? 
So at the moment, you know, if we look at the UK, you know, none of the cases in the UK have been hospitalised or died as far as uh, the current situation is. Now, there's a couple of difficulties in, in understanding that. First of all, you're never going to know straight away what the impact on severe disease is because it takes time for, for people's condition to deteriorate. Another situation we've got is that, for example, if we look at the situation in South Africa, the cases really began to, to balloon among young people. So although there have been reports coming out from South Africa that this is quite a mild disease with Omicron, is that going to be the case amongst older or more vulnerable groups? Or could it cause actually quite nasty illness amongst those populations? One thing we potentially do have on our side here in the UK is high levels of immunity. Lots of people have had COVID before, both their vaccinations, and then there's the booster programme that's rolling out. What do we know about how well this could protect us from the Omicron variant? Look, we don't know just how effective our vaccines are going to be against this variant. If we look at cases in the UK, uh, the UK HSA, that's the UK Health Security Agency, released data last week about sort of the early cases. I think it was about 22 cases in the UK. And they found that over half of them of, of these cases of Omicron were in double jabbed people. Now, at first glance, that might sound quite worrying. We are still seeing Delta in double-jabbed people, so it's not surprising we're seeing Omicron in double-jabbed people. And the other thing is that we know that we have high levels of vaccination in this country, and that means that you are more likely to see infections in this group, just they're the greatest number of people. So it's not necessarily cause for alarm, it's, it's, it's what you'd sort of expect when you have high levels of vaccination. You can look at other countries, but there are difficulties in comparing with other countries. So, for example, in South Africa, they have far lower levels of vaccination. They've also been hit with different waves of variants and they're using different jabs. However, one thing that we can see in early readout seems to be that there is a slightly higher reinfection risk with Omicron. And so that does suggest that you know a previous infection or having received your COVID jabs isn't necessarily going to stop you becoming infected. The key question, which we still have yet to answer and we don't yet know the answer to, is what happens when you get infected? Is there a higher risk of severe illness? We don't know that yet. Finally, Nicola, one of the things that I read, which I found quite surprising and and shocking, was that Tim Spector from the Zoe app, this COVID surveillance app, said that potentially one in three to one in four colds, so people thinking that they have colds, are actually COVID. So what should we be doing when there's so much cold around and also so much COVID to keep ourselves safe and to try and reduce this risk of Omicron? So we know that COVID symptoms, uh, which you know, hopefully we're familiar with, you know, persistent cough, breathlessness, more common reports of headaches or runny noses. There's a potential there for confusion with uh, with colds. It's very hard to know what virus you've got just from the symptoms alone. If you have any of those symptoms, it's really worth going and getting a COVID test um, because we know Delta is highly transmissible. Omicron, the, there's signs it might be even more transmissible. You know, So if you have those kinds of symptoms, it's really important to get a test and it's really important not to go out and mix with other people if you, if you have symptoms that you know could well be COVID. Nicola, thank you very much. No problem, lovely to be on.
We'll continue to follow the news on Omicron and COVID-19 here on the podcast and head to theguardian.com to keep up to date. That's it from us today. Stay safe. We'll be back on Thursday. This is The Guardian. Looking for your next great podcast? We live in unprecedented times. To make sense of it, what if you could learn from some of the most influential people on the planet? The podcast Tools and Weapons is hosted by Microsoft's Vice Chair and President Brad Smith. Every week, he has a candid conversation with guests, including prime ministers and Pulitzer Prize-winning journalists. The latest episode features Bayer CEO Bill Anderson. Though most of us know Bayer for pharmaceuticals, they're also focused on crop science. They're putting digital tools in the hands of farmers to get the most out of every acre. Listen to Tools and Weapons with Brad Smith wherever you get your podcasts. Podcasts.